Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Millennial Homemakers Podcast, your resource for all things home, hostessing, and more. We're your hosts, Jackie Alexander and Jacqueline Humble. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Homemakers. Today is a 2022 trends episode, and I am so excited because this is one of our most, like, I don't know, uh, feedback-oriented. I feel like we get a lot of feedback on these trends episodes, and we haven't done one in such a long time. I know, and I agree. I think we not only get a lot of feedback for people telling us other trends that they've seen that we've missed, but also showing how they're incorporating these trends into their lives, which is a lot of fun. And really, those kind of conversations are what we want to have over on our Facebook group, The Millennial Homemakers. So go ahead and join now if you want to talk about this off air. Yes. And also, I feel like I start seeing these trends once I'm aware of like a name Mm -hmm. for them, or once you call things out, you start seeing them everywhere. And it's fun to be like, we talked about that in May, and I'm seeing it in November. Or whatever. It's the I think that's the Mandela effect where you don't realize something's happening until you hear it and then then you see it everywhere. It's like no new car. No, no, no. I think the Mandela effect. That's when you you misremember something. Oh, that could be. It's some sort of effect. Yeah, it's like the yellow car where if Mm -hmm. you yellow car, then all of a sudden you see a bunch of yellow car cars. My friend, it's from somebody, my friend, Michelle, who listens to the podcast, she talks about the yellow car thing a lot, but I think the Mandela is like remembering where that movie, like a collective, um, yeah. Like remembering, yeah, that Shaq played the genie or something and it was somebody Mm -hmm. else, you know, that butchering that is like Kazam (laughs) instead of Shazam, like this whole thing. There was like this nineties movie that everyone remembered and it never existed. Look at basically Michelle, tell us what this effect is called because (laughs) we have no idea. (laughs) Anyway. um, Also remember that since we haven't done one of these since last year, this is one of our few episodes that we did publish Mm -hmm. last year. Some of these trends might not be new because we just haven't talked about them before. Mm-hmm. So if you hear something and you're like, oh, I kind of think that's on the way out or like, yeah, that's so obvious. <laughs> it's just a catch up as well from our last episode. Yes, I agree. A preface for this. Jackie and I are big believers in incorporating trends, embracing trends, but keeping with a classic base for mm-hmm. both wardrobe and home don't feel like you know if we say something's out that you need to redecorate your house if you love something it's always in style as far as I'm concerned and like we've talked about before someone should be able to walk into your house and know it's yours because it has your personality and your touch on it versus walking in and seeing the latest trends every year and not knowing if they walked into, you know, a home decor showroom somewhere. For sure. This episode might be a two-parter because I have a lot... Especially, so if you haven't ever listened to one of these episodes before, we go through food, fashion, and decor, home decor, as our- I'm trying to find an F word for that, but can't find one. Oh yeah, furnishings. That sounds lame. (laughs) Food, fashion, and decor. So we will go through the decor one. We both have a lot of things to say about decor, so that might be its own episode depending on how long the food and fashion takes. So if you're here only for decor, just sit tight because I think it'll be entertaining no matter Yes. If you're interested in food and fashion. (laughs) What I like about food trends is that's something you can incorporate without having to worry about if it matches your current aesthetic because it's not an aesthetic. It's delicious. It's a a consumable. Mm -hmm. 
more so than I guess all of them are consumables, but this is like the most, you know, the fat, yeah, highest turnover. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's start with food. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great for me. Okay. Do you want to go first since I've been chatty Kathy? <laughs> yes. Um, so the first one I've seen is really plant-based menus and particularly using other, op- um, other objects, other uh, like plant-based things for meat um, with mushrooms being the big one. I'm a big fan of portobello mushroom burgers. Was it you that I had the conversation with whether you can call something a burger if it's not ground beef or is that somebody else? Yeah. yeah. No, I think we had that conversation. Um, I believe that there's some cases you can. I call it a portobello burger. You might just call it a portobello on a bun. Um, but mushrooms in particular have that really hearty texture and they absorb a lot of qualities um, and flavors like meat does. Um, And so it's a great option. They're not cheap, but they are cheaper than meat a lot of times. So it can cut down on your budget. And also just you're not eating as much red meat. So for a mushroom burger, do you marinate it? Like what what do you do when you make it? I'm curious. I've never made one at home. I have had like garden veggie sandwiches with Mm -hmm. a lot of mushrooms on it, but I would never order something that's straight up mushroom because it's not my favorite. I love, I could have mushrooms on every meal. We typically, we marinate it and we mostly use like salt and pepper, which is all we use on our burgers. And then we grill it just like we would a burger. So you do like a dry rub versus like Mm -hmm. a marinade? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Okay. And I know um, everyone's different and there might well, be some people that are like, that sounds disgusting. You need to marinate I've that. heard of um, people marinating carrots as to mm-hmm. go off of this trend too um, with the meatless entrees. I think mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more entrees mm-hmm. at restaurants. Even that, fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. But, but not even ones that have like a meat replacement. I think fast food, it's mainly a meat like replacement a, what like the impossible beyond. burger mm-hmm. yeah the beyond burger impossible burger versus like at restaurants i feel like they are more conscious of plant-based and vegetarians mm-hmm. and they have or vegans whatever you want to I, I don't i don't frequent a lot of vegan specific restaurants but where there's no you know, the protein sources from beans or Mm -hmm. lentils, and it's not like something trying to pretend to be meat, which I don't like the things that are pretending to be meat. I mean, I'll have tofu in like uh, something that I order from like a Thai restaurant, but I won't like seek out those things. But I have seen carrots be in a marinade of like liquid smoke and other Mm. things to make it taste like a hot dog, for instance. Yeah, Um, I don't like things that are really trying to taste like something else. I want to know, like, I like mushrooms because they absorb those flavors, but I'm never going to think it's beef. And so I don't know if I would like that. Well, no, no, no. So the carrot's not pretending to be a hot dog. It's just, it's like, it's, it's just bringing out different flavors, kind of similar to that. But I feel like a carrot is a lot heartier versus Mm -hmm. if you soak a mushroom in like a liquid marinade. Yeah. It might get soggy and lose the integrity. So especially if you then put it on a grill and then you're like Mm -hmm. losing parts in the charcoal or in, you know, the gas, whatever you're using. Does it fall apart? We haven't had that experience. Okay. And it could be because we don't, we don't grill them too long. And so it could just be the length of time that we're grilling them. Yeah. I'm not Which, sure. I like Drew my does most of that. <laughs> I like my vegetables like crunchier. You know, that's that's something that I think people mistake is that when they start trying to incorporate more vegetables that they overcook them and they mm-hmm. really don't need to be, because you're not trying to cook, you're really only trying to cook them to like get them a little bit soft and warmed up instead of like trying to get them to be 
not harmful. <laughs> yeah. Like that's true. You don't, I don't know. Mushrooms might be a little different. I'm not positive. I guess it depends on the type of mushroom. Yeah. I think you can eat mushrooms plain, right? Like all mushrooms besides um, the special kind. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. So that was on my list as well. My kind of first trend is Thai and Mexican okay. on the rise, which I feel like we've seen, I mean, this is just kind of like an obvious one, but sometimes I don't mention the obvious trends and then I'm like, oh, I should have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So this is me saying, apparently, according to Google Trends, Thai cuisine and Mexican cuisine have been among the top related topics in the past 12 months. And if people Googling the ingredients, okay. So, so it's I, more of at home Thai yes, and Mexican versus going out. Thai and Mexican. And I think this has to do with COVID. I love Thai food so much. So mm-hmm. I am so happy if it becomes mainstream. I myself have to order my Penang curry off of Amazon. Okay. So I think people probably researching those spices, those chilies that Mm -hmm. aren't readily available at your corner market. So that's just something to kind of look at. And we see that going into cocktails as well, more at home. People kind of became mixologists in their spare time (laughs) and, you know, COVID happy hours, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so just different ingredients in cocktails and like higher end liquor as well, because people were like, well, if it's cheaper to make it at home, so let me get the good stuff. And because you're not spending that money when you go to a bar, mm-hmm. you can take that budget and put it into your home bar um, and yeah. have the higher quality stuff. That makes a lot of sense. And I didn't think about you know the peppers, because a lot of times if I'm going to make an international inspired food. If if our grocery store doesn't have the pepper, I'll substitute it. And mostly because I like heat. And so I don't really Mm -hmm. care. um, And I'll just cook it a little more or a little less to try to get that same crunch um, or find something as similar as possible as far as heat level. Um, But I've never thought about looking at Amazon for that kind of stuff. Yeah. For me, the Penang just has such a particular taste. Mm -hmm. You know, like the peanuts and the coconut like adds to it but it's my craving and I think that's kind of where this came from is COVID cravings yes and you know I used to eat at this Thai food all the time but now it's like such a hassle to go out and get it and then I might get a killer disease <laughs> you know, or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like okay I'm gonna make it at home I'm gonna figure out how to make it at home I saw like lemongrass also is people are starting to buy just more like the Thai specific basil just more ingredients that are Thai specific to get that flavor that you can't get at home because that's your only option for food. So kind of interesting. That is interesting. Um, And it kind of goes into my next one, Okay, kind of, which is just a more use of condiments. And that's because we are cooking at home more, like you said. Uh, But cooking fatigue is definitely something I've experienced. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced where you're just tired of cooking, Mm -hmm. but it's maybe not in your budget to go out or yeah, during COVID you couldn't. Um, And so condiments are just a way to take something really simple, um, like a roast chicken or quinoa, and change it into something else without having to do a lot of 
extra work. And you and I were actually talking about condiments not too long ago because you found a sauce at Trader Joe's that you know I would love and we don't have one near us. Um, so you are going to send it to me. <laughs> yes, I'm making Jackie a spicy Trader Joe's care package. Our friend Leah, who we've had on the podcast before, Leah used to send me the sour gummies, like a care package <laughs> of, <laughs> of Trader Joe's when before Chad Nuga got a Trader Joe's and she was in Omaha. It's just kind of fun to get those specialty food items. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Jackie, I'm going to send you a, a hot, a hot package, <laughs> which are my favorite, favorite kinds. If I can get add heat to my meal, I will in some way. And I think not necessarily the heat, but just condiments in general, you're seeing things that are more interesting than mayonnaise, ketchup, and mustard with a lot more flavor. Um, that's just a really quick way to dress up your regular meals. My next trend kind of goes a little bit off of that, talking about dressing up food. So uh, TikTok, food trends, and just social media in general influencing food trends. We talked about this last year with um, like the dragon drinks and the rainbow and unicorn drinks at Starbucks, Mm -hmm. right? Where the virality of it, restaurants paying attention to presentation, whether it's a cocktail or a dessert that someone will take a picture of and put on Instagram. Lots of flambéing, you know, something that's like, ooh, ah, I'm going to share this with my friends. And then Mm -hmm. the friends want to come and have that same experience. I actually saw a TikTok last night of someone eating at Craig's in LA, which is from from what like I've been told is the place to go like if you want a celeb sighting and I think it's I don't know how hard it is to get a reservation you might have to do it far in advance if Mm -hmm. you're if you don't know somebody or whatever I've never been but Craig's is very popular and they actually let Tinks who is a TikTok star or whatever (laughs) TikTok famous she designed a dessert for them. And it's like a big martini glass with sprinkles all around the edge. And it's like a $40 dessert. Okay. Oh, and it like, has all this like cakes and stuff in it. I don't, I don't really remember specifics, but it was very viral. People definitely take pictures and share. It. I mean, I was watching a TikTok about someone eating <laughs> there and they shared it. So that is going to be huge. Continue. I don't think we're going to see that go away anytime soon. I don't think so either. And one of my favorite recipes right now is actually from TikTok. It's a air fried salmon that's just marinated in spicy brown mustard and Old Bay. Okay. I love Old Bay. Me too. You can't go wrong with it. And we can't talk about TikTok (laughs) with the viral pasta of the, it was like, was it? It was like cherry tomatoes. I thought it was, was it cream cheese or feta? feta. It was some type of cheese, the cherry tomatoes cooked in the oven and then you put the pasta in it and everyone's mind was blown. Have you made it? I haven't made it. No, it didn't look that great. No. To <laughs> also, it, Jordan Jordan has a thing about cherry tomatoes. He does not like them. Like the blister, he doesn't like them. He will pick them out. So, Oh, well then, yeah, it would make no sense for you to make them. But yeah, I it didn't it. look appetizing to me. I liked the ingredients, just not that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But if you tried it, let us know. Yes, please, because we could just be wrong. And it could be delicious. So my next one is non-alcoholic beverages. And I don't mean, you know, just orange juice instead of a mimosa or just going and grabbing a sparkling water. But I mean, a mocktail that was designed to never include alcohol in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I saw one that was really good because 
when I was pregnant, these were amazing. So I'm really glad they were a trend. It's just grapefruit juice, orange juice, and then a splash of club soda. Or another one is grenadine, a splash of lime, and then a ginger beer. And so they're still very simple, but they're a lot prettier. And you still get all of the taste of a good mixed drink without even missing the alcohol. So you know how Ryan Reynolds owns aviation gin Mm -hmm. and then his wife Blake Lively who is my all-time like if I could trade bodies with somebody I would want to look like Blake Lively she's on my list um (laughs) I I really like her she started a like a she's she's sober I don't know the background in that Mm -hmm. but she doesn't drink or barely drinks I'm not sure which one it is but she started Betty's Buzz which was a non out like a mocktail line I've never tried tried them but the flavors look really good and I guess you could use them as a mixer with aviation gin but it's not designed as a mixer brand it's literally designed as like a mocktail brand see so Blake Lively knows what what's up yeah and she started that yeah she started that like I feel like did we talk about mocktails in 2020 I think we did. I think this has been a trend that's Mm -hmm. been going. And for a while, because I've seen a lot of two non-alcoholic gins, non-alcoholic rums, which I don't understand the purpose my sister, of. My sister really likes Fosé. Okay. So there's different brands of them. I think there might be one called Fosé, but that's just kind of like the overall brand, mm-hmm. like what people call it. And I've seen them with vitamin C and they put like acerola cherry, like those kind of things like in the Fosé. It, it actually like makes you feel better. Okay. Versus alcohol that makes you feel worse. So I haven't really tried it, but my sister really likes it a lot. It's less calories. Yes, and I the imagine. One that, the one that's her favorite is actually made with alcohol. And then they, I don't know if they boil it or what, but they take the alcohol out. Oh, so you still get that flavor. She says it is, It. she can't really tell a difference besides the buzz. I'll have to try that because the non-alcoholic Hard spirits have mm-hmm. never really been that appealing, but I could see yeah. when you just, you want a glass of wine, right. but you don't want to drink. Right. Uh, my next one is caviar. So mm. caviar is making a comeback. I think that the millennials are starting to get into a bracket of consumers that it's called Henry's. Have I don't know if I've heard this. No, I don't right. think I've heard that. Term. So Henry's are high earners, not rich yet. Oh, okay. I have. I don't, I haven't heard it in a while. So, okay. Yes. Yes. So that is, and traditionally it's been the generation before the millennials, which was, what's that called? Are they Gen X? Yeah. Whatever that one is. The one below is Gen Z, but the one before us, whatever that one is, Mm -hmm. they traditionally have been, they got to that phase first and people started really studying them. Mm-hmm. when they got to that phase. But the millennials are starting to get into that phase because a lot of the millennials who have gone to medical school, law school, they're starting to be professionals now, right? Mm-hmm. And not and just working wor- for someone else, they're starting their own practices. Yeah, or they're promoted to start, mm-hmm. yeah, starting to be promoted to coming partners, ex- you know, surgeons, etc. And so the millennials have a lot more money to spend now. And caviar is like a delicacy that when you think back when you were like a 90s kid, for instance, um, the It Takes Two scene with the escargot. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like when we were kids, like caviar and escargot, like, ooh, fish eggs, ooh, snails. Mm-hmm. Like it was so kind of, why would you ever want to eat that? And now we're starting to discover these delicacies. So people actually buying caviar kits and the mother of pearl and serving it at a dinner party. Oh, we have caviar and creme fraiche and potato chips. That's such a good combination. My mouth is literally watering as I'm talking about this. But I, these things are starting to come in with the more elevated millennial life. Interesting. I didn't realize that, but it could be because we have a kid. So our, we don't have as much disposable income. I think because our generation is waiting longer to have kids. So we right. have that disposable income for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, yeah, when our parents were were young before they had kids, it was dinks, dual income, no kids. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess now our generation's in that phase. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and- our generation is just not having kids at all. So they're spending their money on fun dinner parties. Yes, for sure. And a tip for if you do want to serve caviar, use plastic spoons, or like I mentioned, the mother of pearl, you can thrift those spoons, because if you use metal, the eggs will take on a metallic taste. Mm -hmm. And so use the mother of pearl or plastic. And I think that's like a really fun, fancy tip to share with friends. I just also think there's something ironic seems like too strong of a word, but eating caviar off a plastic spoon. (laughs) That is pretty funny, but there's a reason. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. Did you have Uh, any more for one more? Okay. Um, which is a dessert board. Uh, charcuterie boards have of course been huge and they've kind of turned into all these other trends based off that just a board Mm -hmm. trend in general and it's also a fun way to have more individual smaller dishes that you don't have to you know cut a piece of cake and you can just grab a little bit of everything you want and so a dessert board is you know pudding cups candies cake pops fresh fruit macaroons and it can be just like a charcuterie board as simple or as extravagant as you want and it's just a fun addition to to any dinner party and the nice thing about that too is you can prepare that like the day Mm -hmm. before yes and you know and then add the things that maybe are room temperature but it you know it's impressive it's instagrammable Mm -hmm. all those things that we're talking about goes back to yeah the social media is you want your dinner parties to be to go viral maybe maybe not, Mm -hmm. but to at least look good on your feed. So kind of going off of the mocktail thing, I have three alcohol related trends. Okay. And I'll kind of go through them all at once. Uh, (laughs) The first one is high-end tequila, which I kind of referenced before. People exploring higher-end spirits at home and tequila is continuing to make a rise and not just in margaritas. Mm -hmm. My uncle he have i talked about sangrita on the podcast before i don't think so so i've talked to you about it i think but it's Mm kind of like a bloody mary but it's with tequila and you have a shot of a high-end tequila in a little shot glass and then you have a taller glass of a tomato juice mixture of tomato grapefruit and lime So kind of Bloody Mary-ish, kind of like Mm -hmm. a Bloody Mary meets a margarita. And so you take the shot of the tequila and then you drink the chaser of that mix. And it's a Mexican specialty drink, but it's very fun, very social. 
and really gets you buzzed <laughs> because it is a shot of tequila, but you want something that doesn't have too much of a bite on it. Obviously, mm-hmm. the chaser is going to take any bite off, but mm-hmm. that's a fun one. Aperol spritzes definitely got us through COVID. I think those were very much trending. The new drink, if you will, of the summer is being predicted as going to be the Dirty Shirley, which mm. is a Shirley Temple, mm-hmm. which is, what is it? Ginger ale and grenadine? That's Sprite one way. I do Sprite and grenadine. I think a lot of it, like if I were making it at home, I think a lot of people do ginger ale because it has a little yeah. more of a bite to it. And some people just, if they want to do like a diet, Dirty mm-hmm. Shirley, they might do a club soda. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding, making it dirty is putting vodka in it. Last year when we went to the beach, I was pregnant. So when we went out to eat, I'd have a Shirley Temple. And I'm pretty sure my sister-in-law got a dirty Shirley. Most of the time I got a Shirley Temple. Yeah, it, it's just fun. So dirty mm-hmm. Shirley. Um, another drink that we continue to see on menus that I truly think the millennials are responsible for is the espresso martini mm-hmm. because we grew up at college bars drinking Red Bull vodkas. <laughs> and this is the Elkhorn one. <laughs> I really did it, but I know a lot of people who did. Okay. I was a G&T kind of gal or a LIT. But <laughs> um, the, the Red Bull vodkas were really big, kept you up all night. I love to start a dinner off with an espresso martini or um, – we have the cigar bar that we go to and Jordan always gets a cigar and I get an espresso martini because it just, it's like a dessert, but you drink it before. So you kind of get a little rush of caffeine and then a little buzz. It's really good. So I highly recommend finding a good espresso martini near you. I just feel old right now because I can't drink anything caffeinated after like two or else I'm not going <laughs> to sleep. Well, then I'll have wine with dinner. So I feel like it's in you back down. It's like just a little bit of the espresso and it's a, and I don't eat the beans. Some people eat the beans, but it's enough so that it like gets me a little bit amped up, but then I'm like tired. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's why I start with it. It's a lot more sense than having it as an after dinner drink. Yes. Yes. I love them. I love them though. They're so good. And then I guess I kind of have a fourth one. Another thing that I read that I really do agree with is that we are seeing um, kind of updated classics on alcohol menus. So Mm -hmm. uh, on a menu, you're going to be seeing a margarita, a, instead of like, you know, kind of different cocktails, you're going to be seeing margarita, martini, um, mojito, mule, and then they might have ingredients that would have been in a, like in a different kind of cocktail, if that makes sense. Like we're going to be seeing the, the name margarita, the name mule, the name mojito, and then the other ingredients. So that's something that's kind of fun. So like updated classics, but really sticking with those classic drinks, like you should be able to recognize. Yeah, like you'll recognize what kind of drink it is. Because before I would go somewhere and I'm like, can you tell me, like, is this going to be refreshing? Is this going to be a yes. sipper? Or like, I don't even know what this is. But now it's like, if it's a sipper glass with a king cube, it's going to be some type of old fashioned. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're going to have old fashioned in the name. So I really like that because it's easier for ordering, in my opinion. I agree. And then you also, if you have that classic that you love and you want to try something different, you don't feel like you're going out on a limb and yes. you might end up hating it um, because you can still order that classic with just a new twist on it. All right, I think this is definitely going to be a two part episode because we're just now getting into fashion. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's all I have for food. And I think that's mm-hmm. all you have for food. So let's yes. do fashion. Okay. I will say I was not terribly excited when I was going through these fashion trends. And it could be because my style has been forced to change. It's a lot more comfortable, a lot more. Um, I just get dressed up a lot less and I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that's a big thing. I'm okay with that. Um, but there are a few that were just really fun to me. So one is sequins and sequins, you know, have always been big for special events for New Year's, but now why not wear a sequined um, blouse out to go to Target? Why not make it part of your everyday wardrobe and just bring a little sparkle, a little, um, happiness into your wardrobe, even if you're just going out and running errands. Well, I think too, that we were so dressed down for COVID that now we're going to the extreme. Yeah. Maybe some people, you know, want to, and hello, they're spending so much money at the grocery store. So might as well dress up. (laughs) Might as well dress up. We've talked about, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked before about how in the early days of air travel, people would get dressed up. It was a big to do. Mm -hmm. And now it's leggings and t-shirts. And I love wearing leggings and t-shirts on a plane because you're comfortable. But I think we might be going a little bit more to that trend of now going out anywhere is a little more of a special event, even if it's just the grocery store. And so you put that little extra effort in because you're going to actually be seeing people and you want to just feel better about yourself when you're going about your day. What was the celebrity? There was some celebrity and she wasn't allowed to board her plane because she was wearing a legging and um, sports bra. I remember, I don't remember who that was, but I remember that story. Okay. One thing I will say is in Florida, everyone's naked all the time. Like everyone's <laughs> just wearing bikinis. So it's very odd to be in target and the girl next to you like, you're like, okay, you're about to pop out. Like, what is happening? <laughs> so it is kind of interesting. And that's kind of going into when the first thing I want to talk about with mm-hmm. fashion is we can't talk about fashion without addressing the Gen Z influence. Yes. And the, to me, the Gen Z just looks androgynous, both the boys and the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like morphing into just the gender fluidity kind of thing. And it's not my vibe for my style of dressing. Like I don't want to, when you see me from far away, like you know that I'm very feminine. They definitely are having an influence. Now they are thinking that they're starting new trends that they're not, or they might be first to embrace the trend because they're younger. They have better bodies because they're still in their high metabolism phase of life where they don't have to do anything and they can eat McDonald's all the time and have a good body. We Um, can't knock them for that because we did the same thing. Right. You know, right. You know, a lot of the trends that we had when we first started buying our own clothes or choosing our own clothes were things that previous generations have seen too. Yeah, for sure. But they're like, oh, the wide leg pants. Oh, your skinny jeans are so like chuggy, all that kind of stuff. We don't have to hate on Gen Z, but it is they have had an influence on fashion and we can't like ignore that. So we might talk about some trends that we don't like. One of which is all the different cleavages. <laughs> yes. The weird, the weird cleavage. So the under boob, the side boob, which we did the side boob too, but like the, the boob to the extreme, the very odd cutouts of cleavage has been very interesting on bathing suits as well. I'm obviously I've seen them a lot of mostly on bathing suits. 
like underwear yeah, but particular no even on dresses like some dresses i'm looking on like zara and stuff and i'm like what like this is so weird so mm-hmm. the, the cutouts but the cutouts in formal dresses and just in dresses in general i think we're seeing more notching and collars we're seeing interesting yes. cutouts so just wear whatever's going to complement your body type don't feel like you need to be doing weird cleavage if you, it's going to make you feel uncomfortable or is inappropriate in certain settings i think that also is something that the Gen Z doesn't really understand as much is there. I still believe that there is an appropriate time and place to wear certain things. And for instance, talking about bathing suits on your family vacation, you should not be wearing a thong bathing suit bottom. Right. I'm just going to say it like, (laughs) no, you know, so that might be your you for being that confident. Yeah. 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 But no, I don't think you should be wearing it on family vacation. If that is your bachelorette trip, if you're going to Vegas, if you're going to Palm beach or not Palm beach, I mean, South beach, there there might be like places to wear that just like with clubbing where you're not going to wear to Sunday brunch. So, or you shouldn't be. So (laughs) I think that, you know, that's that those lines have gotten a little bit blurred now Mm -hmm. as well. I know everyone's naked on Instagram. I was talking to my (laughs) friend in town. She is an advisor for the sorority that we were both in in college, but now she's an advisor of a chapter. And she's like, Jacqueline, you would not believe all the girls are naked all the time on Instagram. Like we would have never been allowed to do stuff like that. Now, you know, I'm all about if you got it, flaunt it, whatever, but do you really need to be posting so many pictures of yourself and your intimate body parts when you're like about to be applying for a job in like a year or two? Like that just seems odd. So I still think there's appropriateness levels that uh, need to happen in fashion. And that could be too, I think our generation was the first generation when we were applying for the jobs that future employers were looking at our social media. And so a lot of our social media might be more buttoned up than Gen Z because now that's just the norm versus for us, it's, ooh, my boss might look at this. Let, like, is it appropriate? Should I block them or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> lots of naked people. <laughs> Do I sound really old? I feel like I sound really old, but I don't, I I know that I, I mean, there was, there was options to wear similar kind of things when we were in college and like, I never wore those things. So (laughs) I don't, I don't think I, I think I'm just more of a reserved person in general. I think that's a lot of it too, is how modest you are in your clothing in general, whether you'll embrace the cutout trend, because it's not just cleavage. Like you said, it's notch collars. There's been a lot of formal dresses with like the sides. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have love handles. Don't want those poking out. And dressing to your body type, just Mm -hmm. whatever phase your body is in and stage of life you're going to be. And then like for you with Andy now, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're, you're looking at an outfit and you're like, can I bend over and pick up my child in that outfit? Can I change her diaper easily in Mm -hmm. that? You know, like, am I going to be restrained? Am I going to worry about something popping out? Like, you know, if she tugs on it the wrong way, am I going to expose something that I don't want to expose? Well, so funny you bring that up. So when we were in high school, there's a girl we went to high school with who got in trouble for cleavage cleavage, wearing a t-shirt that went all the way up to her neck. I now understand that because the last time I was at the pediatrician with Andy, she just pulls my shirt. And I'm like, if the pediatrician had walked in right then, he would have seen it all. 
Oh, no. Andy. It was just a regular t-shirt. Andy is an aspiring nudist for all. (laughs) Okay. So going one trend that I think is, you could say, like, tech, TikTok or Gen Z, whatever, is the Princess Diana look. Did we talk Mm -hmm. about this last year? No, you and I have talked about it a lot. I don't think we talked about it on here. So the graphic t-shirts, the biker shorts, the sweatshirt, the biker shorts, I really love it. It's something that I've been embracing a lot in Florida because through the last winter and fall, I I did wear leggings some days, but sometimes it was too hot, but I still wanted to wear a sweatshirt Mm -hmm. because like in the condo, I would have on my sweatshirt and I would have a blanket over my legs like inside and it was cooler but then outside it might be hotter so I'd want bike shorts Mm -hmm. so I really like that look a lot I do too and it goes into also I mean fanny packs are making a comeback they're a lot sleeker a lot prettier and you don't wear them on your waist as much you wear them you know across more like a crossbody like a chest bag yes or they call them belt bags, chest bags. It's not called a fanny pack ever, I don't think, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. And did you actually, did you wear it, like, on your butt? Why was it called a fanny pack? Did it used to be weared backwards? Because I've only seen them worn, like, in the front. Me too. Like, in, I've like, the 90s. So, like, did they have them turned around? Were they designed, like, maybe when you're on a bike, you would turn it That's around? That's probably exactly what it was. That makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense that it probably started... So what if you were, you know, biking somewhere, you could still have mm-hmm. not your phone, but your wallet and your keys um, with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never thought about that part. I think kind of going, I mean, maybe a little Princess Diana, but more classic is pearls have never really gone out of style, but they're now being used in more ways than just um, a necklace or earrings. You might also see them as, you know, buttons or mismatched earrings um, instead of just, you know, um, studs. And really, I love this because to me, it's an instant way to dress up an outfit. So even if you are wearing biker short, biking shorts and a sweatshirt, if you have on a cute pair of mismatched pearl earrings, you just feel a little more dressed up. Um, and not that you're just like rolling out of bed and going somewhere. Again, trends that we take credit for that we did not invent. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, oh, no, I'm about to tell you one. <laughs> Is speaking of the mismatched earrings. So when I was designing um, my jewelry brand mm-hmm. a few years ago, I was looking at inspiration from like old, like 80s costume jewelry, Victorian mm-hmm. era even. And I came out with like a mismatched earring set and that was the one that I was like the most controversial I got really weird feedback people were like "Mm, why like I had the option to do the mismatch or the matching but now it's everywhere I see it all over anthropology and I really didn't see a lot then so I mean I didn't I'm not taking credit for it because I didn't like invent it but I do think that I was like on the cutting edge of it coming back into style Mm -hmm. like I was like was able to, I was spotting it before it was mainstream. So just want to shout <laughs> myself out. There. Yeah. You just needed to hold on for a couple more years and then you would have sold out of those yeah, every single time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My next trend, do you remember the high-low 
that used to be big, the high low yes. like dresses and skirts. Yes. So now that is kind of making a comeback, but not in a high low way, but it's a similar look. So uh, tails and trains. Okay. Um, so instead of having the dress or the skirt that was higher in the front, lower in the back, it's actually two separate pieces. Um, Taylor Swift did this a few times at like the VMAs that I loved mm-hmm. like back in the day. And it was either shorts underneath or a skirt, a shorter skirt underneath or even pants underneath. And then having a long skirt train or tail. So different like pieces of fabric coming down over it. They might be in the same color. They might be in a contrasting color, Mm -hmm. but that is kind of a really fun way to be more formal without mm-hmm. wearing a ball gown. Yeah, because you get a little bit of that comfort because you have more freedom of movement than, mm-hmm. you know, it, another gown. And it kind of hides some, if you have big hips, it might mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of be less defined in that area. If, if you have great legs, it's really a good trend if you have good legs. <laughs> yeah, because you can do the shorter shorts mm-hmm. or the shorter skirt um, that's maybe a little more form-fitting and then still get, that wow factor. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, on like the red carpet, you'll even see people wearing like cat suits or underwear Mm -hmm. underneath, Um, you know, and that kind of goes into the transparent trend as well. But which I'll mention later, this is the one trend that kind of makes me wish that we had a slideshow for you guys. Um, I might put some pictures on our Instagram story and say like pictures from the episode with no context. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Fashion, especially for these trends episodes, it's that those are the few times where I'm like, maybe we should do video so that we can show these. My next one is again, not trends that our generation or Gen Z should take credit for, but probably will. And that's bright handbags. I think we had bright handbags, or at least I did, in like middle school and high school when I first started carrying one. And now they're back. Uh, But I remember like I carried a bright yellow handbag like every day, where this is now very much more to accent an outfit Um, and to have that bold. So if you're wearing an all neutral color, which is, you know, always slimming, um, especially if it's black, and then you add that bright handbag, um, it's more of an accessory than a necessity. And it's just Mm -hmm. really fun. And it kind of breaks up that black or, you know, tan or whatever you're wearing. So my um, trend that I had for that in similar fashion was um, bold colors. And, but it, so it was, it's usually one shade darker than neon. I know we've seen neon. I I still don't think neon's out of style, but trending right now is that bold color. That's one shade darker than neon. And I have it. It's usually worn monochromatic or as an accent. So the bright handbag would be as the accent. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the ones I saw you were right. They're not neon. They're a little bit darker, which I've never been a fan of neon for myself, but I would carry that slightly darker because it's a little more subdued, but you still get that pop. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in between like a neon and a jewel tone. It's that like bright medium shade Mm -hmm. is really hot right now. So like not necessarily a hot pink, but a magenta, a bright red, um, a bright green, but not a neon Mm -hmm. green, a 
true yellow, you know, all those Mm -hmm. kind of colors. One of my favorite colors right now is like a bright green. So I can definitely see that. Yes. And green is trending. And we'll talk about that in the decor episode (laughs) as well. So one thing that I know Jackie's been doing a lot of is capsule wardrobes. Mm -hmm. And that continues to be a sustainable trend. And going back to what you were saying of having that bright accessory, having Mm -hmm. a capsule wardrobe, accessories you can kind of bring in and out according Mm -hmm. to season, and then just having that base layer. So what are... what What's the status of you in the capsule wardrobe? And I know we've talked about capsule wardrobes. Like we have a whole few episodes on capsule wardrobes specifically. And all the capsule capsule wardrobes we've talked about has been our version, which Mm -hmm. is just making sure that you love, love, love every piece in your closet. Um, This time around, I'm doing more of a traditional capsule wardrobe where um, just a small amount of pieces that you can really mix and match. So I am in the process of curating it. I'm going through and selling a lot of my clothes that don't don't fit into it, um, which is sometimes really hard if there's a piece that I really love. That one might just go in the back of my closet for a little bit to see if I actually am going to miss it. But I am in the process of making sure in neutrals I have a sleeveless, short sleeve, long sleeve t-shirt in each color, and then the same thing but in a dressier shirt, um, and then making sure I have more neutral um, bottoms so I can really mix and match those. And then shoes is currently where I'm having the hardest part paring down. And I'm trying to give myself some slack from that because you can wear the same outfit two days in a row with different accessories, different shoes, and it looks completely different. But then something else I'm doing is for each season or really for each weather. So we only have like really summer and fall here in Augusta. Mm -hmm. We don't have winter and spring. It's either hot or it's less hot. So I am for spring and summer, I'm introducing like a sky blue, a bright green, and then not quite a bubblegum pink. It's a little bit softer than that, but it's still maybe like a, I don't know, not even Barbie pink, but that kind of feeling. And then for winter, I'll trade those out for three other colors. And But it's the same thing where it's a short sleeve, um, a sleeveless. For spring, I won't do a long sleeve of those colors so that I can really have versatility without having to think about what I'm wearing every day. Because like we were talking about earlier, I have to think, can I bend down? Can I get mm-hmm. on the floor with Andy? Because we spend most of our days on the floor. Can I, if I realize that we need to go buy diapers, can I just jump in the car or do I have to change? Right. And that that kind of goes back to what you were saying is, well, I don't really dress up anymore, but now Mm -hmm. that's going to give you a way to feel good about what you're wearing. Exactly. Um, So I like that a lot. Yeah. It just, it makes me feel one, I don't have to spend the time picking out Mm -hmm. my clothes because whatever I grab from the closet, I know I like it and I know it's going to match whatever else I'm wearing or doing that day. Um, But then I, because I have those dressier shirts in there, if we're going out to dinner and it's, I don't want to wear a dress, I still have a shirt that I can wear and not feel like I'm too dressed down. Okay. So I think that it's probably a good place for us to Mm -hmm. stop this episode and we will pick back up next week with the, I still have more fashion trends. We still have more (laughs) fashion trends to talk about and we have a lot of decor trends to talk about. Yeah. So if you're interested in the hearing the rest tune in next week don't mean to like leave you on a cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but thank you so much for listening. And if you want to follow us, Jackie mentioned our Facebook group earlier. Um, join it. It's at the Millennial Homemakers on Facebook. We have an Instagram, the Millennial Homemakers. And then Jackie and I are more active on our personal Instagrams. You can find Jackie at JVAlexander16. And you can find me at Jacqueline Humble. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.